Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, December 17th, 2017, on the basis of verses from Isaiah 61. So I want you to take a quick look at the kids sitting up here today, dressed up all nice, hair combed, sitting quietly and still the way that mom and dad asked them to, okay, maybe begged and pleaded with them to do. I wanted to ask you a question. Do you think we expect too much of kids these days? I'm guessing that question causes two general reactions in the room this morning. The first one is from that part of us that kind of likes to talk about how much tougher we had it when we were young. Right? When we were young, we had to learn to write in cursive. And we had to figure things out without the help of Google. And we had to write reports without the help of spell check. And we had to walk to school barefoot in the snow, uphill both ways. Right? And I suppose there's a little bit of truth in some of that, that in some ways kids have things kind of nice today. And yet, I'm also guessing that there is, or at least that there ought to be, a different reaction in the room this morning to that question. And it's the increasingly common realization among parents, among educators, among psychologists, that kids these days face expectations and face a pressure that far exceeds what we may have had to deal with when we were young. That from a very early age, there is the pressure to perform and achieve academically, athletically, artistically, socially, really all of the above, right? And it's not to say that we didn't face those same expectations when we were young, but the difference is today kids have to face those expectations so very publicly that when they are young, it is mom and dad who like to tell the whole wide world just how well little Johnny and little Susie are doing. And then, of course, when they grow up, when they become teenagers, they they follow our example. So they deal with things like their schoolwork and their activities and friend issues and boyfriend-girlfriend drama, and they don't just deal with those things, but they deal with those things publicly. They deal with the added pressure of having to maintain this picture-perfect profile that everyone can see. So I wonder if some people are beginning to wonder whether kids can really handle it. So what's the solution? Well, during our Advent worship this year, we've been seeing how conventional wisdom often suggests that we lower expectations. And that's certainly the parenting advice that you'll get in many different corners. Lower the expectations that you have for your children. But we've also seen during our Advent worship that in many different cases, God does just the opposite. God actually raises expectations rather than lowering them. And that's exactly what we see in these verses from Isaiah 61. In these verses, in this chapter of God's Word, God paints this picture describing His expectations, not just for children in a church, but really for all members of Christ's church. And He sets the bar really, really high. He says that it is the responsibility of Christians, of God's people, to convey to the world, to display to the world, who God is and what God is like. People want to know what God is like, they should just look at Christians. It is our job to display his splendor in our world. So, for example, God says that Christians are to be inclusive. That in a church, men and women 
young and old, rich and poor, black and white, all have not just a place, but an equal place. And that in a church, differences are not just tolerated, they're not just put up with, they're actually celebrated and embraced. And in spite of those differences, we all unite together in the common mission that we share. God tells us that in his church, people are to love justice and hate oppression. So if there's a person or a group of people who are being exploited, being oppressed, then it is the responsibility of Christians to speak up for them, to act in their interest. God tells us that Christians are to be generous, that we are not to get caught up in scratching for and squabbling after what really amounts to nothing more than pennies because we know that our God owns it all. And so we will gladly bring our wealth so that lives can be impacted for time and for eternity. God says that we are to be doing these things to such an extent that we actually have a reputation for them. That we are known for doing them. That this reputation continues for generations to come. I think you'd agree God isn't lowering any expectations. He's raising them. Now maybe some would say, and maybe some of you are even thinking... There's nothing that sounds all that uniquely Christian about those things. And you're right. Christians aren't the only ones who are in favor of inclusion and justice and generosity, although our our definition of those things may be different from the world's. And maybe some people would say, and maybe some of you are thinking, that Christians aren't always the best at demonstrating the things that God describes in Isaiah 61. And again, you'd be exactly right. Just talked to a person this week who told the all-too-familiar tale of what caused her to walk away from church once and for all. And it had nothing to do with God, had nothing to do with Jesus, had nothing to do with the Bible. It had only to do with the conduct of a church-going Christian. There's nothing uniquely Christian about these virtues. There's nothing uniquely Christian that, that causes us to excel at these virtues. That doesn't mean that we're the best in the world at them. But what is unique and what these verses address is how that problem is handled. When God sets these expectations and when we don't live up to them, what is the solution to that? It's a good thing God tells us what it is because there's no way we would figure it out on our own. In these verses, God describes the message that he wants people to hear, a message that originated when Jesus walked the earth, that he proclaimed in a message that we too are called to proclaim, a message that these children are going to be proclaiming to you today. It is described as good news for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted, freedom for the captives. The message is simply this, that the burden of those expectations and the prison of that pressure have all been taken away. The burden has been lifted off of our shoulders. That prison door has been opened wide and we are free to go. Why? Because all of those expectations were taken from us and given to Jesus. Jesus came to fulfill each and every one of those expectations for us perfectly. And in Jesus, we have something that is far better than the picture-perfect profile on social media. In Jesus, we are clothed, we are wrapped up head to toe in absolute perfection. So that when God looks at us, that's what he sees. Kind of sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? 
The way to get people to live up to expectations is to take the expectations off their shoulders completely, forever. Because it sounds so counterintuitive, Isaiah reminds us that there are things in life that work this way, where the objective that we are trying to achieve and the mechanism that actually can accomplish and produce that objective seem to be miles apart and completely unrelated. Isaiah points to the example of an oak tree. He says that each one of these facets of God's splendor that we are to display in the world are kind of like a little acorn growing at the end of an oak tree. So if you had a a young fledgling oak tree that you wanted to grow up and produce lots and lots of acorns, where would you give your attention? Where would you give your time? Where would you give your energy and effort? It wouldn't be out by the leaves, would it? It wouldn't be at the branches. It wouldn't even be at the trunk. No, the power to produce acorns in an oak tree is all found where you can't see it. Far beneath the surface, down at the roots. And that's exactly where the good news does its work. You often can't see it. The results are often slow, but rest assured it is working. And friends, that's what makes a Christian children's ministry program, a gospel-centered children's ministry program so unique. I have no doubt that the kids that are sitting up in front of you today are one day going to do the very thing that God wants them to do, to display his splendor in the world, albeit imperfectly, just like we all do. But when they come here each week, and they could probably tell you this, they don't come and hear all about right and wrong so that they can be little, good little boys and good little girls. No, each and every week our, our Sunday school teachers tell them over and over and over again the good news of what Jesus has done. That in Jesus they are clothed in absolute perfection. That's also what makes a Christian children's program unique. You are here today. I know some of you are aunts and uncles, friends, relatives, grandmas and grandpas, whatever the case might be. I need to tell you that what you're going to witness today is very different from that basketball game that you might have gone to yesterday or the ballet recital you went to last month. You are not here so that they can show you what they've accomplished. You are not here so that you can see how well they can sit up in front of a room of adults. You are here so that they can take a turn proclaiming to you the good news. Good news for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted, freedom for the captives, because heaven knows we need it too. You can't always see it at work. You can't always see its effects. Sometimes it takes a lot of patience. But that good news is the soil in which these oaks are being planted. And rest assured, one day, even already today, those oaks are going to grow up and they are going to do the very thing that God expects. They are going to display the splendor of God in the sight of all the nations. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.